0: What's up everybody it's Chris welcome back to the podcast um it's episode three going strong pretty excited about all the things and feedback I've heard about the podcast I appreciate everybody that's listening um today I'm gonna do something a little different um I'm gonna see if I can go without making any crazy transitions and recording this podcast for the whole amount of time without taking a break. Uh, I learned yesterday, oh no, uh, Tuesday, that it's possible to be able to just record something, uh, without having to take a break. It's just certain things that have to happen behind the scenes, like taking a second to drink water or, um... Not being so self-conscious about making mistakes as I talk, which happens a lot, you know, um, because with ADHD, which I have in a severe case, (laughs) it's hard to stay on topic and focus. And a lot of the feedback that I've been getting is that I transition too fastly between segments and that I should maybe stay on topic a little bit longer. Which I'm okay with. And I appreciate everybody that said something. Um, you may hear clicking in the background. Uh, from time to time. Um, with this Anchor app. I don't have the ability to take out background noise. But the clicking will be me looking up certain things. Uh, so that I know that I'm making accurate statements in this podcast. Um, so today's been a pretty crazy day. Um, I'm afforded. Uh, time off a little earlier time off of work because of the injury and working back into the flow of everything um I thought that I would record today instead of Friday and maybe drop the episode uh Friday because everything that's happening right now and I had already said that I wanted to drop another episode before the playoff games um You know, there's a bunch of news today that that came out with head coaching. Uh, Recently, the Hall of Fame was announced for MLB. And, you know, we've got some other things uh, that went down in sports that I feel like I really, really wanted to talk about today. And I was very excited to, to, to get back on here and record. So, one of those things was... The head coaching opportunities that were uh, claimed today, I guess. Uh, The hirings that were done by uh, two teams, which was... One was the Bears. Um, And they hired Matt Eberflus, who was the defensive coordinator for the Colts. Um, And if you look at his history as a defensive coordinator, um, it's pretty good. And with that defense that Chicago has they can easily turn around this entire organization with a good offensive coordinating hire, which I don't, they haven't announced what his picks are going to be for that uh, spot. But, you know, for him being a defensive backgrounded co- uh, head coach, it doesn't matter who he really hires for defense because he can work with them on schemes and stuff. And figure that out. But also he probably will end up calling the plays. Which most head coaches. I feel like do nowadays. They call the, the plays. And their offensive coordinators are just. Just there to fill a role. Um, I. I want to. Say that you know. With the team that Chicago has. Like I said you know. With Khalil Mack. Especially. This team, if they can keep Robert Quinn, Mack off the edge, uh, Roquan Smith, you know, Eddie Jackson, those dudes, this team is, is, is pretty stacked. Um, Offensive wise, it's a little different. You know, they, they've got a good situation in the backfield with Montgomery and um, Herbert and, you know, and someone who got lost this year because he tore his, I think his PCL. Was Tariq Cohen Who's a Swiss Army knife Of a running back And that can be something special Back there All they have to do is find somebody Who's who's quarterback oriented As an offensive coordinator Just so that they can work on Justin Fields um, I don't think that they should give up on him So early It's only year one um, He's he's honestly very talented he's, he's quick He's got a good arm I just think that he's Just need some help making decisions Their receiving core is a little uh, Suspect with Allen Robinson being a free agent this year Mooney will be good But I don't think he's good enough to be a number one Or Even to have The ability to get out of a double team I don't know if he's going to be able to do that Cole Komet will be fine I don't know if he's What they thought he was going to be but it doesn't matter you know, this offseason, and again, even the draft is going to be very, very uh, receiver heavy. Do I think that Chicago's a destination I want to go? Probably not. It's cold. Um, they're not ready to win yet. Uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that. They, they could easily win now if... It's just a matter of whether or not they make the right decisions to be able to win now, which focuses on their offense, I think, and maybe a little bit of their secondary. The other head coaching hire that happened today was Denver hiring Nathaniel Hackett, who was the OC for the Packers. And I don't know much about him. Uh, As a coach, you know, I haven't really heard about him because Matt LaFleur, who's the Packers head coach, is actually offensive oriented. And I'm pretty sure he calls the plays. Um, Did that help Rodgers out in the playoffs or in his history with LaFleur? No, he hasn't won anything meaningful with uh, that combination. I don't really know if the Packers organization believes in Lafleur. We'll find out this year or this offseason if Rodgers retires and what he's got as a coach without one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I think a lot of people said the same thing about Bill Belichick because with Bill, he had Brady his whole entire career. And I think that Bill proved it this year with Mac Jones that it's not just Brady. It was also him. Um. With a Denver uh case though, here you know, here's an interesting team. You trade your best defender in Von Miller to a to an Los Angeles team who's now in contention to go to the Super Bowl. Uh but you still have Bradley Chubb, who's relatively young, Patrick Surtain, who looks like a top corner in the NFL, Justin Simmons, who's one of the better safeties in the league. Uh their linebacking core is 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 different. You know, I don't really remember who's on the team. Uh but their offense, man, that offense is the quarterback away from being a contender easily. And let me explain to you why I think that. Because they have Jerry Judy, who is an elite receiver, in my opinion, especially route running. Uh Cortland Sutton, who's underrated, big target, you know, great hands. Do you want to talk about underrated? There's also Tim Patrick, who just signed an extension to the team, dude, torch Dallas. Um, he's there. Javante Williams is also there, and that kid looks like he's gonna be a stud. Uh they still have gordon i think that gordon's under contract again and those two running together was was insane they had a they did a really good job of of tag teaming in the backfield noah fant is also an, another option and a weapon that they have and i'm telling you all they need is one quarterback and with the ties that he has to rogers uh he being uh hackett the the new head coach you know he could easily persuade rogers to come to denver because of the stuff that he has or the weapons that he has. Um, I think it'll be a very interesting thing to see this team uh, proceed in the future, especially in the off season see what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. Bridgewater is good. I don't think that Bridgewater is uh, that great of a starting quarterback. I think he's a decent backup. Drew Locke on the other hand, uh, tough right the guy is tall he has immeasurables he throws the ball hard um but he doesn't make the greatest decisions as a quarterback and i feel like that's you know the number one decision of, uh, to have a starting quarterback and be a good starting quarterback is having good decision making um so we'll see what they're gonna do about that position. Sorry about the loud noise. That's Buck, my dog, who is drinking water behind me. Um another interesting thing, and the great news that came out of this is Dan Quinn is coming back to Dallas, which I am a huge fan for because he turned our worst defense into one of the better defenses in the NFL. Uh, a lot of people think that he wasn't that good of a head coach at his time in Atlanta. But the guy took his team to a Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure, in his second year. He's got potential to be even better this year with another year under the, the defense of the Cowboys and then being able to get more people. And I really hope that this means that he's going to re-sign Gregory and, and get J. Ron Curse and all of those other things. Then, you know, that leaves, I think, two more positions left, or three positions left for head coaching. Minnesota, whose defense looks abysmal, but they've got a decent offense with Cook, Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. I don't care for Kirk Cousins too much. You have Miami, who again is tied to another decent quarterback. Not, I don't think he's great, but Tua... Jalen Waddle, who looks really, really good. Gasecki, who's another good tight end. Um, their running back situation could definitely get better. And their defense is pretty good. You know, they have got two really, really good corners, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Uh and the last team that needs a head coach is the New York Giants. And talk about issues. Stemming all the way to the top to the bottom, their owner is horrible at making decisions. Look at what he's done in the past. Ben McAdoo. Uh, Shan- uh was it Shanahan? No, what is his name? Um, let me look that up real quick. Uh, but again, they're, they're not the greatest head coaches, right? I mean. Joe Judge was awful. This guy came out of nowhere. I think that it was funny that Bill Bill Belichick gave him a recommendation, and look what happened to the Giants franchise. Pat Shermer was the other head coach. Sorry for that mistake. Um, but look what the they did. You know, they let's let's look back in their past. You have Eli Manning, um, which I don't think is a great quarterback. Uh, hot take, and we'll circle back to. To hot takes, which I wanna I wanna like preface this. I know that I'd said earlier that I wanted to stick to subjects, but I want this episode to be about controversy towards the end. Um because there's a lot of things that happened this week and I and a lot of the things I want to talk about that I need to address. Um but we'll go back to the Giants now. I just think that the the Giants have have talent, but they have too many issues. Their offensive line is horrendous. Uh their receivers never stay healthy. Saquon looked horrible, but that's again, you know, based off of coming off an injury and a terrible O line. Daniel Jones isn't horrible, but the kid's not the answer, and I don't think he's the solution. Their defense took a step back with Everything going into it, you know, Bradbury, Logan Ryan, Blake Martinez, who ended up getting hurt, you know, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. They they have pieces, but they just – they took a step back, I feel like, in the coaching department. And their biggest concern, I feel like, is the offense. Do you take a chance on Flores who – doesn't have the the worst track record he has two two winning seasons in Miami don't get me wrong he's not a bad head coach there's just some things about he tried to take over and make his own decisions as a head coach and have like a GM role which I think he's too young in his career to be able to be a GM and head coach uh, which some teams do uh, Belichick does it he controls his roster and his coaching staff and his uh Play calls and all that other stuff, but it goes well. He also has a track record and a history of winning Flores. On the other hand, you don't have that yet. He's too, it's too early in his career to be able to, to give him that kind of control. I think, um, he would be a good hire, but he would have to find a really good OC to, to help him out. And he'd have to coexist with that person. The, um, the options are limited when it comes to that. I think I don't really know too many offensive coordinators or even offenses of assistants that would help that that team. They're looking at at least another two or three years of rebuild. So let's let's move on from the NFL and talk about something else. That topic is going to be the MLB Hall of Fame. Uh, for those who don't know, the MLB Hall of Fame is based off of uh, a majority vote. And it's on the writers and some other colleagues of theirs that vote on the Hall of Fame. And it seems to be a pretty backwards way of doing it now. Uh, because there are plenty of people who are not in the Hall of Fame that deserve to be in it. Mainly, and the biggest one, is Pete Rose. Uh, For those who don't know about Pete Rose, he's one of the greatest hitters that baseball has ever seen, one of the better players to have ever played baseball, but he's not allowed in the Hall of Fame. Um, For the reasons he played and coached at the same time, and it was found out that he gambled on games, but it was never proven that he ever gambled on his own teams, winning or losing and that's the biggest problem, right? If you were to be a head coach and say that you you voted or I mean uh gambled on your own team to lose, you're obviously going to be leaning towards losing that game so that you win money. It was never proven that he did that, but they took it so seriously and 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 you know, they just turned one of the best players in baseball history into a villain and it's funny now because you can bet on baseball all you want with DraftKings, FanDuel, all of those other apps that you can bet on and it's not an issue, but for a player to have done it not on his own team is a little is a little fucked up. Um another player that isn't in the Hall of Fame who lost his eligibility yesterday was Barry Bonds. And this really makes me mad because I think that Barry Bonds pre-steroids, and we'll get into that in a second, is a Hall of Famer without all of those, those problems. It's insane to me that the person that got in, whose name is David Ortiz, nicknamed Big Poppy, huge Red Sox player, is in the Hall of Fame even though he had the same controversy and issues that Barry Bonds did. For those that don't know, um, which I assume is is majority of the people that listen to this, if you, if, if you are listening to this, uh, is that in 2003, there was a report that came out about players using steroids. David Ortiz was on it. Alex Rodriguez was on it. Andy Pettit. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and a a handful of other players. And the the, the names that I named are significant because those players, I think, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Also, if you didn't know, Barry Bonds leads the MLB in, in in home runs. He's an amazing hitter. The guy got walked in the World Series with the bases loaded. In the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth, walked to let a run in just so that the person behind him could to go to bat because they knew that if Barry Bonds had an opportunity, he was going to crush one out of the park and they were going to win the world series. He's, he's been walked so many times in so many big moments and, and hit so many big home runs that it's insane to me that he didn't even get the opportunity to, to, to go in the hall of fame based off of a steroid accusation. If David Ortiz was able to get in the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds isn't, there's something else wrong with it. Um it turns out that he wasn't the greatest person to the writers and so it seems like they've soured on their opinion of him, which is bullshit, you know. It should be based off a of talent, not how people re- uh, like act towards reporters. I think that reporting in sports is is good because then people like us know who players are as people, but at the same time, it's, it's very exploitative in my opinion. And they, they capitalize on, on emotions a lot of the times. And it it kind of sucks for the players, right? So I don't really know honestly how to feel about, about that in terms of, is Barry is Barry Bonds deserving of being in the Hall of Fame be, because he's a he's an asshole? No, I don't think that's fair. Moving on from Barry Bonds, Clemens is another person that I think, you know, he has obviously some controversy because he was on the steroid list, and I'm pretty sure it found, they people found out that he did it. But he, he insane stats, great pitcher, you know, and seems to be a stand up guy. I could be wrong. I don't know Roger Clemens as a person, you know, but from whatever I've seen in his in his play and the way he reacts, it didn't seem too bad. Uh he's got 354 wins, guys, as a professional pitcher. 4672 strikeouts. I don't know why I said 72 so weird. And a 3.12 ERA and if those for who don't know ERA is earned run average. That is insane. Those are cr- crazy crazy stats. But yeah, he's not allowed to be in the Hall of Fame because he was on the roids list, which I think it's stupid because in that era from the 80s to the 2000s, steroids were prominent in the sport. It just wasn't as stringent testing as it is now. And it's it's just ridiculous that that these guys don't get the opportunity to even like have a chance because it's it's their names are on a list, um, and that's controversial, right? I mean, I think those two should be in the Hall of Fame easy. Another person that was on the list and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame is Andy Pettit. He didn't, you know. The their criteria for most pitchers is you win three thousand or three hundred games, and you have like three thousand strikeouts, and you're instantly in the Hall of Fame. Pettit, on the other hand, only won two hundred and fifty six games, um, and I don't think he, I don't think he had that many strikeouts. It should, but the that's not the point. He's won more than one World Series. He still got nineteen more postseason strikeouts Starts than any other pitcher in the game. He's pitched 276 innings, which is the most. Went 19 and 11 with a 3.1 ERA. Again, that's that's great. You have to think about the volume of 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 pitching that he's done in his career, and the fact that he he's got. Oh no, I'm sorry. He's got five World Series rings. Five. That is an insane amount of rings. For somebody to not even be considered to go to the Hall of Fame, I think he had somewhat like ten percent of the votes, and I really think that these people don't take in consideration the the talent and the the effort. It's 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 just so annoying that people are allowed to just go off of how they feel towards that person. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It it just gets me so mad and you know and then this is this is prevalent like a uh, uh, relevant in all sports and and to go back into the controversy thing and i know that like again i'm switching different sports but i think i talked long enough about baseball let me tell you how i really feel and this may piss a lot of people off if you ever end up listening to this podcast and and you don't agree with my opinion that's fine that's what being able to have platforms are is to be able to speak your opinion and and not have to like worry about what other people think, right? If you don't agree, that's totally fine. That's your right, and this is my <laughs> this is my right to be able to say it. Colin Kaepernick should be an NFL quarterback, no matter if it's a starter or a backup. My f- and I, I will, that is a hill I will die on. It doesn't matter what you think of him. As an activist, as a person, what race he is, which I think is the the only reason that he's not in the NFL is because he's outspoken and is fighting for people in the streets. Colin Kaepernick took a team to the Super Bowl in his second year as a quarterback, ran all over the Packers, and destroyed them. Funny, Aaron Rodgers lost. Um... But he he won games. He didn't throw that many interceptions. He didn't make that many mistakes. The only mistake he ever made was sitting down at a national anthem. Because after that, he learned from his mistake and was told by a US Armed Force. Arms forces veteran. I don't even know what I'm, uh, how to say, it, pronounce it, but was asked, "Hey man, instead of sitting down, could you just take a knee?" This is a guy who was in the military asking Colin Kaepernick to take a knee, not this st- instead of sitting down because he thought it was disrespectful. So you put that in your perspective. Everybody will make an issue out of anything, and it it bothers me, and I'll get he- I, I get heated about this because I don't think that he doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. He deserves a spot on a team, especially with people like Mike Glennon or Mitchell Trubisky. Guy, the only reason he's there is because he's young. Brian Hoyer, you're not going to win games with those guys. Nick Foles, it doesn't matter who you want to say is a backup quarterback. I bet you, you couldn't name five better quarterbacks that are benched behind a starter that are better than Colin Kaepernick. Not five, not even. It, it's just ridiculous. If we look back in his stats right now, which I am, and I'm probably screaming, and I'm sure my neighbors are upset. His second year in the league, he played 13 games, threw for 1,800 yards, 10 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. That's just a short sample of what he had, right? So let's go into his third year. 16 games, he threw for 3,197 yards. 21 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. Again, we go to the next year, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 3,369 yards. Um, his final year in the NFL in 2016, uh, which happened to be the year that he took a knee. And of course, you know, there's a lot of other controversies behind that year and everything else that went on. But he threw for two thousand two hundred and forty-one yards, sixteen touchdowns, and only four interceptions. Those those stats alone should ha- have at least given him the opportunity to be able to have a backup role. But the NFL was too cowardly to be able to stand on his side and be like, "Hey, this guy's fighting for something that's right." They they they. They were too afraid. Roger Goodell was a big baby and came out and, and, and fought against Colin Kaepernick. And it's it's a huge issue in the NFL. And I, I don't want to get too too deep into it. It's, it. It would take too much time. But I just don't understand how he's not in there. And you might have a different opinion for me and say that, oh, he wasn't that good of a quarterback. But those stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. If that's what everybody wants to go based off of, right? I know I got a little too passionate right there. Or for my uh, inside jokes, a little too pash. But, you know, sports is something that you you should be able to get passionate about. and, And be able to speak your mind on. Sports is very vast. In more than just one area. You know with the times moving on there's going to be more and more things that are going to be brought up to to light based on race you know religion covid status all that kind of stuff that, that that's been brought to light now you know with all of these things and I don't want to get too far into detail about it because that's not what this podcast is about it's 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 just here to you know to, to have a safe space to speak about how I feel about sports and for you to listen and be able to learn something. I really think to stick on the conversation of controversial that I'd like to go through a couple lists of sports and go down the greatest players of all time in that, in that respected sport. And I'll start here in basketball since that's my favorite sport. And for a lot of people out there, and this is the tough thing, right? I grew up watching Kobe and LeBron. I would easily take Kobe over LeBron any day. In my opinion, hot take, Kobe's better than LeBron because Kobe didn't need anybody else. He showed that he could do it on his own. and lebron on the other hand i'm not saying he couldn't but he's always had to have somebody next to him it's very similar to, to to mj but those two together would be enough to maybe fight the title of greatest against mj michael jordan in my opinion is the greatest player of all time he was unstoppable He ranks high in almost all categories. Dunk champion, MVP, all-star MVP, you know, NBA champion, playoff MVP, finals MVP, all of those things, accolades. But look at the time that he played in. Do I think that LeBron could succeed in that era? He's built for it, but I don't think so. Kobe, on the other hand, I do. I think Kobe would have competed, but he would have been a close second to Michael. Michael also played with another top player in the the league in Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. Both great in their respective careers, but nobody comes close to Michael. Um you know, there's there's tons of conversation is is Giannis in the conversation, is Steph in the conversation, and I would say no, I don't think so. Giannis isn't close to being in contention to, to even LeBron or Kobe. Giannis is a great player, don't get me wrong. He's 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 talented, he's got the skill, but it's not it's not his time yet. Steph on the other hand, Steph is a great shooter, all-time three-point shooter in the league, great three-point percentage, but he has he has stretches where he falls off the map. I don't think that LeBron and Kobe were Ever there? I mean, I could be wrong if you look back in history, but I don't like from in my opinion and what I saw growing up as a kid. I never felt that they had those stretches. Steph is on his way there, but I just don't think Steph is dominant enough to be even in in the same conversation as Michael Jordan, which the other two are. Um, Speaking of Kobe, uh, he died two years ago. Yesterday was the anniversary of his second, the second anniversary of his death. Um, and for me, that was really tough. You know, he was one of the my favorite players growing up. I emulated his shot, wore his number, uh, and it just—it you know—it was hard for me because I wasn't even in the states when he died. Um, he was—he was just that Mamba mentality. I think everybody has it deep down. You just don't know where it's at. And I think that, you know, if you were to ever watch somebody play and I, when I, if I can't stress this enough, watch the way that he attacked the basket. You know, if you want to learn how to play basketball, those three people are the people that you should watch on YouTube. Um, but, But, you know, not me going too far into basketball. Let's let's go to a different sport because I could talk about basketball all day. Um. Which, you know, hopefully one of these segments or one of these times in the podcast, I will. I'll end up talking a long time about basketball because it's something that I'm passionate about and something I did growing up. And maybe I'll make an episode about just basketball. Um, As we move on, let's go to, to the baseball's greatest players of all time. For me, I didn't really watch baseball too much. Um, I watched Japanese baseball growing up, but also, you know... Mm, I didn't really start watching baseball, uh, like in the MLB, until it was a little older in life. As I look at this list, it has Ken Griffey as the number one greatest baseball player of all time. Second, Babe Ruth. Third, Ted Williams. Fourth, Barry Bonds. Fifth, Willie Mays. Um, for me, in my opinion, I guess Ken Griffey was pretty great you know had his own logo was nicknamed the kid he won an mvp 13 time gold glover um he he was just so fun to watch on the on the field um babe ruth on the other hand i mean the guy was a monster right led the league in home runs for a long long time pitched and played in the field uh, but it just, you know, those old school players, it's hard. These are the things that it's hard about because you can't really compare today's game to uh, the game back in the day. I think baseball is one of the harder sports to to have a conversation about who's the greatest of all time because there's so many different eras, and so many different players that played. And if you look at the, the stats and all of the new analytics that they have in baseball from – what 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 pitch is thrown or who the who hits the ball the hardest? Um, I think it's just it's just a little too difficult to have this conversation. <laughs> um, if I were to throw an arbitrary person up there, I guess it would have to be Ken Griffey or a uh, Barry Bonds. I mean, it, it might as well be Barry Bonds in my opinion. I wa- I watched him play as a kid a couple times, not in person but live and and to see his highlights and and to see him play baseball and and, and all of those things the guy hit for power monster power that he was fast he had the fielding ability arm strength um he stole bases he he made a uh, outfield assists which is a, if a runner is thrown out at the plate the outfielder assisted that out you know these things he he walked he didn't strike out too much. It, 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 just all of those crazy things. Like he, he. It's crazy. I mean, let me see if I can see his, find his stats. You know, Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer, and and it it's crazy to me that he's not allowed to even be up for conversation to be in the Hall of Fame ever again because of the stupid rules and shit like that. Um. So his com his total career sports as he finished his career in 2007 um his lifetime batting average was 312 or 298 312 with the with the giants and then 275 with the pittsburgh but 298 overall his on base percentage is is .44 slugging was .67 His OPS was 1.051, you know, and these are like crazy, crazy numbers. The guy had 762 home runs, guys. Insane. Do you want to know how many amount of walks he took? 2,558. That is an insane amount. In 162 game average, he had 41 home runs and 139 walks in average. Stolen bases, 28. RBIs, 108. These are insane numbers. The guy is maybe one of the greatest Hall of Famers of all time. Or I mean uh, players of all time. Um let's see if he what, what accolades he has as a as a He has eight gold gloves, twelve silver sluggers. He won how many MVPs did he win? Seven. Jesus Christ, like come on. He won a at- home run derby, you know, and like these are the, these are like insane that he's not even considered a Hall of Famer in, in some people's eyes. Um, Now we go to the NFL, right? Let's move on to another sport. The NFL's greatest player of all time. Obviously, we can only think of a couple off the top of the head. But if we're going to go offense, it has to be Tom Brady. Greatest player of all time on offense, Tom Brady. On defense, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was a monster, and it sucks what happened to him after his career, but that happens to a lot of players. You know, they get in a little bit of trouble financially, and then something goes wrong, and and something happens. But besides the off-field stuff, Lawrence Taylor was an Animal, an absolute beast on the field. Nobody could stop him. To to have been able to watch Lawrence Taylor must have been awesome. You know, we can only look at highlights and see how he played. But I wish I would have gotten to see that because the highlights on their own are crazy. And now I grew up getting to watch Tom Brady Countless, countless times when Super Bowls, playoff games, regular season games, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, it's hard not to be a fan of Tom Brady's, except for the fact that he has some kind of controversy, right? And then that's the topic of the, the day is controversy, Spygate, in which they were found to have been spying on, I think, the Jets practice then you have deflate gate which is in the playoffs and then throughout the regular season uh Tom Brady was deflating footballs in the colder weather because it was easier for his receivers to be able to catch the ball um if you've never caught a pass in your life which i would assume some of you if not most of you who listen to this have caught one um it It can hurt if it's thrown hard enough, which NFL players throw the ball pretty hard. And so Brady would ask the equipment manager, like, hey, take these balls, mark them, and deflate them, I think a couple PSI, just so that they were a little bit softer and easier to catch, so that they could they had a better chance to win in the cold. Pretty big controversies, pretty big deals, right? I mean, it's pretty shitty that he would do that, but overall that those two things do not take anything away from the fact that he leads the league in so many different stats. I think he's the most winning is playoff quarterback. He's won 6 Super Bowls, two different teams. N- n- you know, name another quarterback that's done that. He's gotten all the passing records and and he's 44 years old and still playing. Um and today, another big, big thing that happened in the NFL. Big Ben retired. Woohoo! right? I mean, the guy looks like a thumb. <laughs> I shouldn't really say that, but it's true. People think that he's good. Um, he sure he won two Super Bowls, but for the th- off-field issues and the things that he did, I will never root for that guy. Um, Story franchise, terrible person. Um, not even that good, though, in comparison to Brady. And think about it. Ben is drafted after Brady. So was Eli. So was Philip Rivers. All three of those guys are drafted in the league after Brady was, and Brady's still in the league. Longevity goes a long way in terms of sports, and I obviously because it gives you more time to be able to break records, but it helps, you know. And Brady is—it's got to be hands down the greatest player of all time. Another hot take that I have. And a lot of people think that he's a goat or even just good. Joe Namath was shit. Um, Jets got lucky in that Super Bowl beating Johnny Unitas and the Colts, but Johnny or, or, you know, Joe Namath was not a good quarterback and he was, Oh my God. I'm not going to get into the stats, not going to get into the details, but my hot take in that sport is that he is garbage. Um, And then we move on to a different sport. Let's go into soccer, right? Greatest player of all time. In my opinion, my hot take, Messi is the greatest player of all time. Sure, there's Maradona. There's Ronaldo. There's Roladinho. There's the other Ronaldo. There's Pe- uh, Pele. All of those players. Cruyff, all of them. They're all good players. Don't get me wrong. But I heard something funny on a soccer podcast that I was listening to that somebody agreed with me in this, in this statement that Messi's the greatest of all time. Because Pele didn't play anybody in his time, and if you look back at the in those eras, there wasn't really that much um, media attention and, and, and greatness in soccer back then. But now you have so many different players from Ronaldo, you know Benzema, Mbappe, Holland, all of those guys, uh, Van Dijk. Uh, Manuel Neuer, all the German teams, all of the the Argentina, Brazil, Neymar, all of those guys. There's so many more better players now that could be in the conversation than the players in the past. Maradona was something special. Maradona was really, really good. From all the highlights that I was able to watch, um, he was he was he was something super special. But I still think, in my opinion, Messi is just is so much better. There was a season where Messi scored 70 plus goals. I don't even have to look this up. I just know that Messi scored 70 plus goals in one season, a calendar year of football. 70 plus goals hasn't been matched. Um you know, and he's gotten the most Ballon d'Ors, which is a uh, Ballon d'Or is the greatest or the best soccer player of the year. It's pretty much the MVP, but it's the MVP of all of soccer. Every league, every person, all of that. Um so that's my opinion, and that's who I think is the greatest player of all time in soccer. NHL, I don't watch NHL too much. Um, uh, but I think it's Gretzky. You can fight me on that if if I'm wrong. Um, I will gladly listen to your opinions and try and learn more, but all I from everything I've looked into and had research on, Gretzky was the best. Um And that's, I mean, those are the sports that I really pay attention to and, and follow the most. If you have a different opinion, you know, let me know. I would, I honestly would love to know who you think is the greatest. Obviously there's different people who listen to this podcast that are of different ages and they've, and, and more focused on different sports than I am. For me, I always try to, um, to to go around and like you know to learn about all sports even though it's hard to it it's just it there's just so much knowledge that is out there that you can learn from this and like there are life lessons that you can also learn from sports um i forgot to mention uh the ufc is it's another sport that i i frequently watch every week and in my opinion, greatest fighter of all time is my favorite fighter, John Jones. Um, technique, ability, title reign, dominance—it's still unquestioned to this day. The guy is a monster. He is hasn't been stopped. There's been one or two fights that have been close, but like besides that, he's just unstoppable. Now with the off-field issue or the off yeah, I guess off-field issues, you know, it's it's a big deal. And if I were to have to choose somebody with a less controversial um life, it would be George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre was another person that was just unstoppable and was so technically sound and and had such a beautiful movement and takedowns, jab all of those kind of things. If if you're ever serious about getting into mixed martial arts, watch George Saint Pierre train, watch him fight. You know, you can learn a lot from those things. And now as I as I scroll through ESPN to to just like look up, I was just looking things up. Um I see Stephen A commentating about head coaching vacancies and for me i don't ever really agree with Stephen a um because i don't think that he's the smartest person when it comes to sports not saying that he's not educated or anything on 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 sports i just don't like his opinions um because they always seem to to always somehow go back to Dallas. And <laughs> that shit just makes me so mad. Especially when he wears his little stupid cowboy hat and smokes a cigar and laughs. But that's not the point. Um he's upset because Eric Bieniemy didn't get a chance to have a head coaching opportunity. Um and this has been happening for the last 2-3 years. The reason he's so upset is because Two coaches that were hired today were white. And that's not the greatest look when a guy who's uh, who's African-American isn't getting an opportunity that a fellow colleague of his who's white is getting. And, you know, in the tie in the two segments, which I didn't even intend to, that's why Colin Kaepernick is so adamant about the fight that he has. Because the NFL doesn't give opportunities to people of color very often. And it's, and you see that, especially in the players. Um, but in the head coaching world, it's, it's really bad. And in 2003, a rule was implemented in the NFL called the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule is to make sure that teams have to have someone who is diverse and of a different race. Um, and it has, they have to be, you know, they have to do the equality and inclusion th- rights in hiring practices and all of those other things when they're hiring coaches, they're also incentivized to bring in an African American co- uh, coach or an Asian coach or, a, or a I don't even know, like any, any person of a different race, that's not white, you know, or a different gender or any of that. um, They've, they've expanded the rule throughout the year. Um, It seems to me that it says right here that expanded to require teams to interview at least two external minority candidates for general manager, executive football operations, all coordinators, coaches, um, before being able to just hire someone and you see that a lot of the time now especially this this offseason you saw a lot of 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 black head coaches being interviewed but not getting jobs Jim Caldwell being one of them Brian Flores I don't even think bien got a call um, Byron left which is diff, is a different candidate I think he's actually going to be hired by Jacksonville which is pretty cool but that's besides the point the problem is is that why does this have to be a why is this got to be a problem why can't it just be something that's already done why do people have to be told what to do and be incentivized to to give other people opportunities to be controversial in this this topic i don't think that Bienemis would be a head co- good head coach anyway because he doesn't call the place i could be wrong and it's not anything based off of of race. It's just the fact that I've seen Andy Reed call the plays and be enemies in the background. And I think that's what throws a lot of people off. And that's what I was trying to get to is that you see these coordinators who don't call the plays and who don't do a lot of the offensive stuff or the defensive stuff, because the head coaches are the ones that are doing the play calling and then the majority of the substitutions and the lineups and all of that stuff. I know that can be a hard thing to swallow to say somebody who's been a head assistant coach in a higher position for years to not even get an opportunity to head coach. But, you know, it's it's got to be based off of a lot more of track record and if they have the ability to be able to to do it. If BNME were to leave Kansas City and go to a different organization – and fail flat on his face, how would that look? You know, I mean, it's 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 tough because, again, those are like coordinators who don't seem to make their own decisions. And I'm not saying he's not qualified, but, you know, Raheem Morris, Leslie Frazier, again, Jim Caldwell, those guys all have head coaching experience and I think deserve – another opportunity to be able to coach a team. Todd Bowles is even out there and Todd Bowles is a terrible head coach. You know, he, he went to the jets and didn't do a great job, but I wouldn't say he's a horrible coach. Um, Anthony Lynn's out there as well, but I guess he didn't do such a good job with the lines, but I think that he'll be on a different coaching staff next season. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, A lot of things have happened throughout this week, a lot of of controversy, and and I'm picking up this last section of the episode on another day, and uh, huge breaking news, Tom Brady's retiring today after such an illustrious career, seven-time Super Bowl champ, five-time Super Bowl MVP, you know, it's kind of crazy to see him walk away But there's a lot of issues behind it. You know, the roster that the Bucks have, his age, his family, a whole bunch of other factors that go into it. Um, uh, the Giants signed Brian Dable as their head coach. Should be an interesting hire. And a prime example of somebody being an offensive coordinator but isn't, you know, has no experience would be their new offensive coordinator coming in with him who used to be their head coach or their quarterback's specialist. It should be an interesting dynamic and an interesting team now that they have an offensive-minded head coach, and we'll see what happens, you know. Um, that team, like I said earlier, has a lot of issues, but they can be solved with the right decisions. Um, I forgot a couple teams listening back to the podcast the Raiders also have a head coaching vacancy, and now they're talking uh, to Josh McDaniels, which would be interesting. You know, he had that time with the Broncos, I think, with Tebow, and I think they want st- to. They won that playoff game against the Steelers, which was fun. Um, he's had his ups and downs as a coach, and also had that weird coaching decision where he joined the Colts, but then quit. And then didn't join the Colts because he wanted to go back to the Patriots. That was a weird uh, thing that happened. And then you have the Vikings that still need a head coach. The Saints now need a new head coach with Sean Payton stepping down. But they're speaking to Flores. And, it, and that should be interesting. You know, the defense isn't terrible, but their offense is... It's in a weird spot with Jameis being hurt and then the re-signing Taysom Hill to that huge extension. Uh, I think the Raiders should stick with the guy that they had this year. He didn't do a horrible job. You know, it took him to the playoffs after all of the controversy of John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, David Ornette. That organization just has such big, big issues when it comes to, like, being in the spotlight for, for things that – they shouldn't be doing um you know i i feel like we've we've discussed a lot of topics today and and this this kind of format might suit this podcast a little bit better me being able to just keep talking without having to continuously stop and take breaks and stuff like that it kind of felt smoother in my opinion um so with that being said you know, we'll end on the on a couple points. Barry Bonds, 100% is a Hall of Famer. Pete Rose, 100% Hall of Famer. Dallas couldn't be happier with the re-signing of Dan Quinn. Hopefully we go into this offseason and re-sign a bunch of people that were helpful on the team. Congratulations to Tom Brady on his great career. And... I will update everybody on Tuesday with the next episode, but let's end this episode with a daily uh, event in sports history on this day, January 29th, 2022. We can go with, this is a fun one. In 1979, NFL Pro Bowl, NFC beats the AFC 13-7, with the MVP being Ahmad Rashad. Now, for those who don't know who Ahmad Rashad is, um, growing up, he was a NBA sideline reporter and was what seemed to be the Adam Schefter of the NBA. And it's crazy because this guy was a, a wide receiver in the NFL. And I had no idea until... Again, like in the, the earlier 2000s, maybe in high school or middle school, I found out. But that is a fact of today. Um, and for those who don't, you know, know him, I can drop another fact for you. On this day in 1968, Billie Jean King won her 13th Grand Slam title in the Australian Open against Margaret Court. Um i'm glad for everybody that listened today um i'm i appreciate everybody again if you want to shoot me some feedback don't hesitate i would love to to hear what you got to say um and again thank you for listening and i will see you guys later